Have you ever wondered as a type one diabetic like me, if endurance-based sports or any kind of activities or movements like bike rides, jogging, hiking, playing with your kids is possible to complete without a dropping blood sugar? Today, I'm gonna show you what specifically you should be watching out for, how to properly plan for these types of movement-based activities, and most importantly, the specific steps that I took to keep my blood sugars between 90 and 104 milligrams per deciliter through a four-mile run. I'm training for a triathlon sprint right now, and if you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Vandevecht. I am a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist, also living with type 1 diabetes, and today I am going to break down the specifics of what I did, why it worked, and how you can apply it to your own life. But before we do, we're going to get into our theme song and then jump into our breakdown. Let's get to it. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. When looking at how I train for endurance sports with type 1 diabetes, I got to start this episode off and just be completely transparent with all of you. I do not enjoy endurance-based sports. <laughs> I never have. Uh, but I took it as a challenge not too long ago when my pastor asked me if I wanted to join them for a triathlon. And I thought, you know what? I've never done that before. That sounds like it's going to be really hard but I like taking on challenges. And so I said yes, and uh, it's actually triathlon sprint. So it's a little bit less than it would be if it was a full international triathlon. But the point remains, it's an endurance-based sport that I am not looking forward to, but the challenge itself is what I am enjoying. So in this process, I am currently biking more than I've ever biked in my entire life running more than I ever thought I would ever run in my entire life. And uh, we'll get to the swim eventually. <laughs> I haven't started training for that yet, but today I'm breaking down my most recent run. Now, uh, recently, I actually had my parents chatting with me about this triathlon sprint. They pointed out that the triathlon event is a lot sooner than I had anticipated. And so uh, recently I had to start doubling my training days and uh, start going from one mile runs to two miles to four miles was most recent. And uh, it's been challenging to say the least, not just physically, but also on the blood sugar front. So in today's example, I want to walk through what happened and why it happened and kind of give you some ideas if you are somebody who's looking to incorporate more movement in your life. It doesn't have to be a four mile run. It could be a quarter mile run. The point is movement impacts blood sugars. We are burning glucose, right? So as a result, I think this would be helpful for a lot of you guys as we're diving into exercise and diabetes. So in my morning, I started, well, I'll start there. I decided to start with my morning, right? Uh, typically, my exercise is middle of the day. When I'm feeling most motivated, I'm actually awake and excited about it, or at the very least, not um, trying to avoid it, right? But I made a decision the night before I needed to try out uh, a morning time run. And one of the key distinctions as to why I wanted to try this is that I wanted to restrict or limit my insulin on board, my IOB, right? So quick tip for you or for anybody who's looking at exercise with diabetes, if you have insulin on board, it's going to make it significantly more difficult 
to complete that activity if you are going to drop from that activity because insulin on board plus exercise in many cases, not all, but in many cases can lead to a significantly faster drop, which is why so many of us have this uh, aversiveness to exercise because we've seen the result of that, right? Most of us have taken insulin for food and then gone and exercised and then gone, wow, that was a hundred points that I dropped in 20 minutes. That was kind of scary, right? And we get kind of this walls that we build up internally. Now with insulin on board, we can't go into that into full depth. That's an entire episode in and of itself. But what I want you to understand is that the less insulin on board you have, the less it's going to impact you because it's not there, right? So in the morning I wake up, no insulin on board because I haven't been eating. (laughs) Most people don't eat at three o'clock in the morning, right? So I get up at six and it's just ready to go. So one of the reasons I wanted to test that as well was because my days are starting to fill up, right? I've got my little one who's shoot almost 16 months now. And uh, I've got client calls and meetings and all this other stuff that I'm doing during the day. I recognized that I was letting those things get in the way of my training where I'd I'd only train if I had time for it. And that's a dangerous place to be, whether you're actually training for an event like myself or just trying to get some exercise in. If you don't make it a priority, it's gonna slowly work its way off of your calendar, which had been happening to me. There were days where I did not work out at all. So the morning time was my strategy. And uh, I wanted to show you guys some graphs as we're walking through this. I'm gonna pull them up on my screen right now. So first graph you see here, I woke up, I was at 90. Great, right? Fantastic to start the day. However, a little uneasy if you're going out for a four mile run and you've never run four miles in your life before, right? So it's a little different in that context. However, wasn't gonna let that stop me. Now, I knew what I was gonna do. I knew my plan. Night before, I had already made a decision. If I'm on the lower side, I have a plan for that already laid out. If I'm on the higher side, I have a plan for that laid out. These are two different plans. That way I couldn't come up with an excuse, you know, oh, I'm at 90. I don't want to go anymore. It's like, no, I'm at 90 plan B, right? So as I'm looking at my plan, the specifics of this plan were a pre-run fuel, right? And this is one of the things that a lot of people do, but they do incorrectly, which is fuel up before going for an activity, but they don't know how much to fuel. So sometimes it's not enough. You end up going low and it's a nightmare because you're like, I had food and I still went to 40, right? Not a fun place to be, but on the other side and more common that I see in individuals with type one is you'll over-treat, over-prepare and you skyrocket. So yes, you didn't have a low, but you're ending up at 200, 250, 300 plus, right? That's not great for our system, for our organ functionality, but it's also not great for recovery or athletic performance. So since I'm going for an endurance-based activity, I gotta keep that in mind. It's gonna impact my time right? And my ability to recover and get stronger and faster and all that. Uh, But it also runs a risk of uh, developing ketones and pushing us towards diabetic ketoacidosis or DKA. So we want to watch out for that as well. So first thing I did, chose a snack. Now, the snack specifics, I want to be cautious in what I tell you about this because it will be different for everyone. I knew what to expect. I have been training for weeks and probably months at this point. And so I knew how much of a drop to expect. This is what we teach in our programs. We talk about formula-based approach to diabetes. I know exactly what my burn rate is. I know how uh, to counteract that to stay level when I'm going for exercises. Now, I haven't done it this long, this duration before. However, looking at this type of snack that I want, I wanted to consider the macronutrients. 
Now, again, in our programs, we talk about these things called your personalized macronutrient profile. In other words, what types of foods are best for me? And that has to be personalized. We're all a little bit different. I'm sure you've heard of people following low carb versus vegan versus keto versus carnivore. There's a thousand different things out there. You have to have a plan that is personalized to you if you expect to have these predictable and consistent blood sugars, right? So for me, I knew what I was going to have, and I'll walk you through the basics of it. I had a half of a protein bar. Why a half? Because I didn't want to overshoot it, end up at 150, 200, 250. I knew what I needed, and I trusted my formula. Okay, so first graph that you saw, I was at 90, flatline, looked awesome. Second graph you're going to see is right after my run. Now, this is a little bit different. I want to give you some context, but this says 104, right? So I started at 90 ended at 104. Now, the carbohydrates that it took me to get there were a bit shocking. <laughs> I'll say, that's uh, to, to say the least. Now, again, I'm not going to give you specifics on the exact amount of carbs that I had because I don't want you to think that that's the magic number for you. We're all different. And if you aren't aware of this, even different types of activities can yield different blood sugar responses. If you don't know the difference between anaerobic and aerobic, understand that you know a weightlifting session is going to look different than going for a run. And it shows on my graph as well. So I consumed carbs beforehand. Now the macronutrient buildup of that protein bar uh, was not just carbs, obviously, because it was a protein bar. So it has carbs, proteins, fats, sustained me through my run. But during my run, intra-workout, I was also consuming electrolytes that had sugar in that drink as well. So I fueled beforehand, I fueled during, and then immediately upon finishing, I fueled just a little bit more with some post-workout, right? So the fueling process for this before, during, after was my choice. Uh, again, full transparency, I want more calories. Not everybody wants more calories. So my plan for this run was to rely on the calories to match what we call our burn rate. So my burn rate, how much glucose am I burning per 30 minutes, per 15 minutes, per 10 minutes, right? If I have that level of understanding, I can build out a plan of how many carbs to eat and when, so that not only do I remain stable, but I avoid the spike and the drop after the run. So it's critical that you understand, yes, uh, you know, your basil, your bolus, like those have to be dialed in for these, this level of fine tuning to even be possible. So if you haven't done, you know, if you haven't used the updated methods for basal testing, if you haven't checked your insulin to carb ratio or your insulin to protein ratio or any of these things yet, this isn't going to be possible. It's still going to be kind of a shot in the dark, but especially if you've gone through one of our programs and you have these things dialed in with your insulin, then you'll be able to start stacking new strategies on top of that. Like what is my burn rate? What is my GTR, right? What is my airs? All my clients know this. These are pieces of our formula so that I can, I can plan out. I can map out this run and go, okay, I expected, and I'll tell you this as well, I expected uh, about an 80 point drop based on my factors, my inputs. So knowing that I expected to drop 80 points from this run, I wanted to counterbalance that with either carbs or an insulin adjustment or a few other strategies as well. But those are the two main ones, right? Add carbs or subtract insulin if I expect to drop. Because my goal is to balance the blood sugar, not to skyrocket it, not to let it crash and then treat, my goal is to time it so well and to have the perfect amount that my blood sugars stay nice, level, and flat. Okay, I'm going to show it one more time. As you see here, this is the graph of my four miles. 
it started at 90 it ended at 104. there is no spike there is no drop it just jumped to 104 and leveled out now two components there that are important you already heard me mention this is the volume of the carbohydrates so how many carbs how many proteins the macros but also the timing so consider this had i had that same amount of carbs two or three hours prior blood sugars would have skyrocketed stayed there and then yes the run would have probably brought me back down but i don't personally want to sit out of range for hours on end at 250 right that's not going to feel good so instead we have to time everything and we talk about these in our programs too right your timelines with your insulin with your snacks with your exercise with all of the variables that impact blood sugars are critical for you to understand so so far we covered insulin on board the more i can restrict that or limit that the easier it's going to be right so i chose to do it when i woke up however it doesn't mean you can't work out with insulin on board there have been other days that i went for a four mile run or a six mile bike ride with insulin on board okay doesn't mean you can't you just have to know how to navigate that you have to have confidence in the plan so that you can get through it without a dangerous situation coming up right so first be aware of your insulin on board Second, you got to understand your burn rate, your GTRs, your errors, so you know your inputs for the decision-making process. See, for me, this wasn't like a 15, 20-minute calculation. I'm sitting there before I go out the door like, oh, how much do I eat? What do I do? No, I, I walked out the door at 90, having already consumed the snack of choice that I had calculated in about 10 seconds. And the reason it was so quick is because formulas are forever you don't have to recalculate and rethink through everything once you know the different inputs for your formulas it just sort of maps itself out <laughs> it's pretty fantastic but you have to trust that so heading out the door at 90 i mean there's still you know, a little voice in the back of my head that's like did you calculate everything correctly <laughs> right you're about to run longer than you've ever run before this little voice in the back of my head that's like just make sure you don't die right and of course, it's because no one else is awake yet. I'm just going for it, you know, running by myself. So there is a certain level of fear that does keep us on our toes, right? Keeps us aware. And that's okay. That's healthy. You want that voice that's reminding you, did you lock the door, right? Because every once in a while, you forget to lock the door. You don't want to forget to do something that's critical for your health, for your living capabilities, right? So yes, there was that voice in the back of my head just to second check it and, and look over everything. Like I have my food, I have my snacks, good to go. However, heading out that door at 90, I was excited about this challenge that laid ahead of me because now I had the opportunity to test my formulas at a new capacity, right? I've never run this far before. I don't enjoy it particularly, but it is fun to accomplish things when they are hard, right? So as I'm running, I throw in these educational podcasts and they're super fun to listen to because it, it makes me feel productive while I'm running and <laughs> getting something done, right? But as I'm getting out there, uh, I did a quick check mid-run. I uh, saw that it was at 104. Not going to lie, that little voice came back. Matt, you've only gone up 14 points. Are you sure you're going to make it home? <laughs> right? I'm far out. At the very least, I have to walk home, so I might as well run, get there faster. So I am running these calculations back in my head again, even though I know I can trust them. There's that little voice. It's like, hey, just want to make sure you don't die, right? Uh, but no, I, I continued with my intra-workout or intra-run 
fuel. So that uh, electrolytes mix that I had that did have some sugar in it. I'm sipping on it as I'm running. I just I tossed it into my water bottle. So it was perfect. And of course, came home, stayed at 104 with my post-workout little snack there as well. Uh, post-workout, I had pure glucose. So to give you some ideas of what worked for me, I had half a protein bar before. Now, the protein bars that I use are very specific to me, so I'm not going to tell you the macros. During pure carbs, right, I'm that burn rate I was talking about, you have to understand what your burn rate is. How much glucose are you going to burn through for different types of activities? So for this one, I knew my burn rate was a bit higher than other activities like weightlifting. So for me, I needed to fuel during the exercise as well as after, right? And then after was actual glucose tabs. <laughs> and so I saw 104 at level and thought, you know what? We're not going to mess with this. I'd like to eat breakfast pretty soon. So went ahead and had uh, my glucose tabs and that brought me, I think, to 115, something like that. So this idea that we can't exercise or shouldn't or can't do endurance-based activities is completely false, but it is required that we have the right plan, the right strategies in place. Had I just gone for a run willy-nilly, you know, like I'm just going to wake up and go, no plan at all, I would have dropped to a severe low, right? That threat is very real, and I, I hope that people are taking that into consideration because uh, I have personally been in some situations where I'm caught out in the middle of nowhere downing my last juice box. And I'm like, geez, I hope this gets me out of the 40s because if it doesn't, I could die out here, right? So yes, take precautions. Yes, let that little voice remind you to second guess yourself, second calculate and run through these formulas more than just once because you want to be prepared. Always bring sugar with you. However, you can do these things. It is possible. And I'm here to prove that it is possible. There are others just like me who've done similar things, running marathons, right? Uh, we have some clients who've done 60 mile and 100 mile bike rides and stayed perfectly in range just like I did the entire time. These things happen intentionally. And that's the last point I want to drive home. You know, yes, you can do whatever you want and catch up later, right? You can, most of the time, you'll come back from an urgent low, right? You can always take more insulin if you do overshoot with your snack and go too high. However, there is a way to be intentional about this and have the right plan. But you have to start putting the work in before that time comes. You got to set your formulas up so you have something to lean on that you can trust, right? Walking out that door at 90 for me, I am so glad I had something to trust because that was still a little nerve wracking, right? Just going for it. I know that running drops me like a rock. So having something you can lean on not only helps you to keep blood sugars in check, right? I ran four miles and stayed between 90 and 104. And that was my first time running that long. I didn't fully know what to expect. I leaned completely on my formula and it worked out. So yes, it keeps blood sugars in check, but more importantly, well, equally as important, it kept my mental health in check and it allowed me to have that quality of life that I desire where I'm allowed to and able to have flexibility and spontaneity back in my life where I'm not ruled by diabetes. You know, people tell me all the time, it feels like diabetes is controlling me. I want to feel like I'm the one controlling diabetes. And if that's what you're looking for, formulas are the only answer. It's the only way to have flexibility and control right? You can control blood sugars with restriction. Totally possible. I could just not go for runs, right? It'd be easier. 
wouldn't have to worry about what if and calculations and snacks before, during and after, but I wouldn't be living my best life. And that's the decision that you have to make here today is do I want to settle? So I want to restrict my lifestyle, fit it in this little box and say, here you go, diabetes. Is that good enough for you? Or do I want to take diabetes and say, hey, this is my life. I'm going to put you here. We're going to do the things necessary to keep you happy, right? Keep me healthy and living a long life. But I'm also going to do the fun stuff. And that is where putting the work in comes into play. And obviously, you're watching these videos, listening to these podcasts. So I know you're the kind of person that's willing to put the extra work in because why else would you be using your time to learn about diabetes and endurance training, keeping blood sugars in check, right? I know that you're the kind of person that wants to take action on this. So that's that's awesome. Kudos to you. It took me a long time to learn that. But now is the next step. Now is, uh, am I willing to experiment? Am I willing to write down my blood sugars? Am I willing to put the work in that is necessary to see these results that will yield the certainty that I am after, which will again yield that higher quality of life. So uh, endurance-based training, is it possible? Yes, but you need to understand your burn rate. You have to have your insulin dialed in. Uh, you know, if your basal is jacked up, it's not going to work. If your insulin to carb ratio is messed up, you're going to have a rough time, right? You, you got to understand the timing of insulin, the role of insulin. All these things are foundational. But if you have that in check, then the next step is fine-tuning. Now, good news is we have resources for both of those stages. So if you're like, I don't know what my basals are uh, or how to test my basal or my insulin to carb ratio, I don't know how or when to take my insulin, there are trainings for that, right? And if you want to get more of the fine tuning stuff, obviously I'm living proof that it's possible to still learn new things, right? I've never done this before, never done a triathlon before or a triathlon sprint, but it's requiring work. I am taking notes as I experiment, right? I'm seeing what works, what doesn't, and making adjustments. So uh, either way, if you're somebody who is trying to train or considering getting back into exercise, right? There are specific formulas that we use. My favorite for myself is called the 80-20 blood sugar formula. You can Google it. Um, I mean, no one else teaches it, but we have other resources that kind of frame what it is, kind of give you an idea of what it's like. Uh, if you want to just check out a direct training that talks specifically about it uh, and the role of anaerobic versus aerobic exercise goes over the macronutrient profiles that I was talking about, you can go to diabetesinaction.com. Very appropriately named for this episode, <laughs> Diabetes in Action, because life is about living, right? Not just about sitting. And so if you want to live with your life in action, you got to go to diabetesinaction.com. Free training. You can register for it. It's on demand. You can watch it there. But to, to kind of give you a wrap up for this episode, there's a lot to consider as you're looking at endurance training. It's not easy, but it can be simplified, right? So for me, I wanted to limit my insulin on board. I still had a snack. There are other ways to do this where you don't need to rely on snacks, at least not as heavily. But for me, I would like to increase my calories because I know when I run, I lose weight crazy fast and it's not something I want. <laughs> and so for me, I relied on the snack side. 
food as fuel. There are other ways to do this thing, uh, especially if you're looking to be in a caloric deficit, if you're trying to lose weight. But each of these paths have to be customized to you. And that's why I can't give you specifics on the exact numbers that I use, because each of us has a different metabolism, different goals, uh, different variables at play, right? Different stages of life. So as such, you do need a customized plan. You can either set that up yourself, do your own research, right? Read the books, talk to the experts, or you can just bring someone on board your team, either a, a coach or a guide or another form of expert to walk it through with you, right? Uh, so that's what I got for you today. I'm going to keep you guys updated as I continue training. It's, uh, it's getting tough. <laughs> I'll be transparent with you. I do not enjoy this. I'm just going to keep saying that because I want you to understand I'm not running just because I love running. It's difficult. And blood sugars on top of that is just an extra friction point that makes me want to stay home and not go out. But I'm choosing to push through that adversity because I know that the rewards on the other side are greater that allow me to have more spontaneous lifestyle, especially as I know my daughter is getting older and she's going to want to do stuff that's not the easiest for blood sugars, right? So my goal is quality of life balanced with health. I hope that's the same for you because life is so worth living. We don't have to be a prisoner to our diabetes. And I want that for you as well. You don't have to be an endurance athlete. I'm definitely not, right? This is just to challenge myself. But if you want greater control of your blood sugars, you got to be willing to put the work in. So I'll leave you with that. Uh, again, that training, diabetesinaction.com. It's completely free. Go take some notes, see what you can implement from that. And if you're somebody who wants some extra help, we even have a free call on the end of that where you can sign up have a quick 15 minute chat and get a little plan customized for you. All right. So I uh, hope that was helpful. I got to go run literally not looking forward to it, but I am excited for the end return of uh, what I'm able to accomplish and prove to diabetes and to myself that I am stronger than this disease as are you. So bonus content real quick. I wanted to share with you how the rest of my day went because blood sugars did not stay at 104. Full transparency. I've used that word four times so far. I apologize. Uh, but the breakfast did not go perfectly smooth. And uh, we actually came back and this was on a Sunday. And so we went to church. There were waffles and I, I had quite a few. And as a result, I wanted to show you these numbers. I'm going to pull them up on my screen real quick. As you can see, we've got 154, right? That was the highest point. Blood sugars did spike, right? I had waffles. I didn't time my insulin perfectly. It's a little more difficult in social situations. This is just me giving you the real life recap of what happened. So we got 154, cruise down. Uh, we got 145, this next marker right here. Mm, let's have it right there. There you go. Uh, so 145, I was like, all right, cool. We nailed it. It's coming back down. Next, 123, we'll put it right there as well. Uh, next, following that, couple hours later, many hours later, 106. Nailed it, right? So uh, just a perfect example of what it can look like where you take the right amount of insulin, timing was off. Uh, and uh, again, I just was a little nervous about that long of a run impacting my insulin sensitivity another topic entirely, but that was part of the reason why I did not allow the pre bolus to sit as long. So a lot to consider, a lot to bite off in this episode, but I hope it's been useful. I hope seeing the real blood sugars of what's been going on helps to you to see that, yes, I stayed between 90 and 104 for a four mile run, but afterwards went and had waffles at church and it got a little out of my control and <laughs> came back down, thankfully. Uh, still technically in range the whole time, but that's what it looks like 
when you have your 80-20 blood sugar formula mapped out. You can navigate a four mile run followed by waffles and still stay in range 100%. So uh, again, hope this was helpful. Have a fantastic rest of your day again, and I'll keep you guys updated as we keep going. Keep up the fight.